Welcome to Rebel Hour, a podcast chat with entrepreneurs who are rolling out brands that are empowering, inspiring, innovating, or causing a big stir. They aren't just doing things the same old way, they're doing it the rebel way. Hey, I'm Jennifer, host here of Rebel Hour and voice behind Lady Rebel Club. Let's dive in and meet this week's guest. Today, I am talking with the utterly amazing and fantastic and very funny, by the way, Lillian LaShawn Fairley. Hello. 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 So how are you? Tell us a bit about you, um, where you're from, all of that good stuff. Um, um, my name is LaShawn Fairley. The L is for Lillian, but I go by LaShawn Fairley, the ADHD cutie on single mompreneurial duty. Um, I hail from Orlando, Florida. We just got here. Hasn't even been a year yet. It was June of last year we moved here when I decided to up and leave my good government job of 15 years and completely relocate down here, just my son and myself, who also wow. has ADHD. Yes. That's a big change. That's really a big change. change. Yeah, definitely. So... I guess, tell us a bit about the business, what it is that you're, you're doing, you know, how, and how you got started in it. Um, it actually started maybe about a month or so before my dad passed away. He passed Mm -hmm. away unexpectedly uh, while I was recovering from a major car accident. He was taking care of. And so he had said to me one day, when I came home, just totally frustrated from the school meeting. And he said to me, you know, maybe this is what you're supposed to be doing. I'm like, what do you mean? He said, well, think of all the parents that don't have the resources and the help that you do to try to get help for their kids in school who are struggling like your son is. Like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, no, not doing that. Not doing that, yeah, but here I am. Because now I'm seeing that I have the same problems. It took me years because my son was diagnosed early, kindergarten. I didn't discover mine until a few years later. I mean, just a few years ago, excuse me, when I was already 50. Late, late diagnosis. Wow. And did you find the diagnosis hard? Or how did like how did it make you feel when you got it? Well, I was ecstatic when I got my diagnosis <laughs> because like everything all of a sudden made sense. Yes, it makes same. sense why I feel like this, why I act like this, why mm. I think like this, and why I communicate like this in a way that just frustrates the heck out of people, or they just don't understand. It makes no sense, and all of that. Mm. So, how did you go then from? you know, your father saying this to you, um, you know, maybe kind of being resistant to the idea to, because you're doing some fantastic work now. I mean, you're speaking, you're working on books, you're doing, you know, all kinds of different things. So how do you go from to, to that situation of no, no, this is not a direction I'm going to go to where you are now, because that's, I mean, that's a huge, um, that's a massive journey that you've been on. It's it's a mindset thing because in my mind I'm thinking dealing with the parents and the kids and helping the parents with their kids. But the more research I was doing, that that's all you were seeing. It was all about the kids. There was nobody assisting the parents. Yes. And 
most people don't understand that ADHD is hereditary. So if you've got a kid that's ADHD, one of the parents has it. So where's the support and the help and the resources for the parent who's dealing, yeah. the ADHD parent who's dealing with the ADHD kid? Where's that? Mm-hmm. Well, even and siblings are like 80, 80% likely to be neurodivergent mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's really so high. That's what really sparked me. I was like, because then I started doing research looking for that support, mm-hmm. especially in the Black communities. Over there. Didn't see a whole lot of Black therapists, had never heard of uh, support communities and coaches, had, had never heard of any of that until like a year or two ago. Mm, when yeah. Subscribe for me to get a coach for my son. I was like, a coach? <laughs> what? I was like, isn't that a tutor? No, it's not the same as a tutor. Tutor mm-hmm. tells them what to do and keeps them on track of getting it done. A uh, coach shows them how to get started and the progressive steps that it takes in executive function skills coach or ADHD coach. That's where we struggle. Yeah. We can do things. We get stuck with the how to get started to do it. Yes, that's definitely, you know, and I know a couple of really big names who have ADHD. And it's funny because one of the things I know that they say that their team will do for them and they're an absolute genius when it comes to, you know, strategy and just their, I mean, in their years in the coaching business is, I mean, it's, it's, it's immense, right? Um, But they always have, they like, they prefer to have somebody to give them something with a cup like something on the page rather than giving them a blank page to start with because even though they've been doing this for you know 25 years they still like to have yeah they still like to have that um and you know if you take somebody who's been in business for that long who's you know their profile has been raised to that level of a caliber who still needs that you know you can see why people like us who, you know, are earlier, you know, earlier in the business um, journey, perhaps um, that need, that need that structure. Really? I mean, all of us, I know do to some regard, but a lot of us, as as I know, we were talking about (laughs) before this, we don't think we do. We don't think we need the structure. We don't think we need the support. We don't think we're like ADH what or autistic what or dyslexic what, you know, it's all no, no, not us kind of thing. Um, and, you know, I, I think we can, ha- and we've had many a good laughs, you know, um, around those conversations. I think on a very serious note, though, that it is really, I think it's a worry, you know, and I, I think that you, why I, you are doing such great work is because you're not afraid to call out the fact that within especially you know um with with women who are black that this is an issue that isn't discussed and isn't talked about and you know why not you know i'm raising the awareness of that so i mean i would love just to hear you know a bit more of your thoughts around that as a topic and why you think it's such an issue well um in the black community we've been either shamed about even thinking about having any kind of mental illness. Mm. We're not believed. People think we're just either lying or we're just using it as an excuse. 
there's that strong black woman syndrome and they're out there, but you know, that doesn't mean they're not struggling in some areas mm-hmm. to be strong black women. We have to put down those labels and deal with what's really going on. You can't fix what you won't face. You can be yes. the greatest woman in the world and still have ADHD. You could be a powerhouse entrepreneur in your business and still be struggling at home with simple things like doing the laundry and loading the dishwasher. Yeah. It yeah. is what it is. The difference is those people who have reached a certain level, they have learned strategies on how to deal with their weaker points. Mm-hmm. And we all have them. And we, we all have them. So they either, yeah. they've either resourced them out and they have someone else doing those things. Yeah. Or they've developed strategies to help strengthen their executive function skills, which help them to accomplish those other things. Definitely. You know, and I know with, <clears throat> with you know, the work I do at the Rebel Leader Institute and with the, the movement and whatnot, with Lady Rebel Club, a big premise of that is trying to get people to understand that, A, there's no more hiding. We need to put our hands up and yes. not be ashamed of, yes. yes, I have a disability or yes, I have a diversity, you know, and there's no, there's no shame in that at, at all. Um, but also that it's perfectly okay as well for us to build a business, not just on the outside and, you know, all the impact that we want to have and all of that, but internally in the way that we work within our business see that's what we, we've got to make it fit us we see that's to. what my workshops are going to address that's exactly why i wanted to put them together to address that piece yeah it's not just enough to say it's okay that you have adhd you have nothing to be ashamed of mm-hmm. all their lives they've been getting all these negative feedback about why it is a shameful thing yes. why they need to keep it a secret Mm-hmm. They need someone now to tell them and show them why it's why it's not a shame mm-hmm. secret. Yeah. Why it is okay to have it and you still be okay. You still be successful and have it. That's mm-hmm. what they need to start hearing. And they need to hear it a lot because again, mm-hmm. they've been hearing all these negative messages all their life. Mm-hmm. All their life. There's never been anything on the other side to say. No, you're okay. You're 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 yeah. exactly who God created you to be. Mm-hmm. Even with that ADHD brain, there's still goodness there. There's good things that you can do with it. You got to tap into that. Oh, and definitely, definitely. You know, and when let I the rest go if you can. Otherwise, or you develop strategies, which I share in my workshops, to help you to strengthen your executive skills, so you can get other things done. Yes. Yeah, and that's for sure. It starts with the mindset. Is mm-hmm. it's not even about what other people think about you. It's more importantly, what you think about yourself. Are you yes. taking that in? Yes. 100%. Are you believing it? That's Definitely. what really turned me around that I, mm-hmm. I stopped. I'm like, Those internal paradigms that we yeah. have to shift, you know, yeah. and I know. Why do you, you get know, to decide that that's, that's who I am, that that's exactly. I'm so wrong all the time. I'm just messing up all the, why do you get to make that decision? Cause from mm-hmm. what I see, you're making some mistakes too. Yeah, exactly. I'm starting to see some similarities and that you keep losing your keys all the time. I keep seeing that you're late all the time. So yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think it, you're, you know, I think that that's a really important point, you know, and something that I would talk about a lot as well is that it isn't, 
you know, it's not like you said, just about saying, don't hide, put your hand up or this or that, but it's shifting those internal paradigms. And the, the paradigms I think all of us have, you know, across many aspects of society as women, you know, obviously you have some additional layers there with being black as well um, that need to be shifted. And if we approach conversations and I think as whole, you know, when we think, when we think about diversity and, and whatnot, you know, if we can start to approach conversations more from the point of view of looking at people that we bring into our business as we grow our business or people that we want to collaborate with or whatever. Um, and we try to say, right, well, let's get some great, you know, a great mix of uh, different ideas and thinking and experience. Experience is a massive one. Uh, talents and skills. Even if we don't use the word people, because I think sometimes people go, mm, what do you mean different people? What do you mean? You know, but even if we focus on those five areas alone, and really made sure that we had, you know, a strong mix of different experiences and things already, then that's going to help to default to a more diverse workplace, a more diverse, you know, company, project, collaboration, society, you know, obviously that can be um, uh, extrapolated out. And I think that there's so much inside ourselves and it's changing that conversation that changing the way that we speak to ourselves and changing the way that we speak to others. And if we start, you know, and you're, you know, this yourself, if you're putting together, you know, something for, you know, one of your workshops or whatever, you don't go on there saying, yeah, my, you know, starting off the conversation going, my, my workshop is X amount of dollars. It does, you know, it has 12 videos, it has two hours, it does this, you're seeing the benefits, you're seeing how awesome it is, you're seeing how much it's going to help. But yet, when we talk about ourselves, we go, hi, I'm, you know, I'm Jennifer, I'm from Northern Ireland, I'm white, I'm, you know, neurodivergent, I have a disability. Yeah, give me a seat at the table. Why, why don't we start the conversations the other way around saying, hey, you know, I am creative, I am great at ideation. You know, I'm great at organizing these things, not so much these things, but, um, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And starting the conversation that way, that it, if people were looking at it on a piece of paper and your bio was written that way, you would be selected based on the best attributes that you have rather than, you know, your demographic makeup instead. Right. right. But the, unfortunately for black women, that's, that's the first, that's the first thing people yeah. see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is the first thing. So we have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. That part it is what it is. They see black yeah. first. I don't care if, I mean, it was clear when, when Barack Obama was president. They didn't care about that. They saw a black man first, a black. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't even think they considered him a man. He was just black. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a whole, and I can imagine, I can't really imagine you know, trying. I think it's tricky enough that I have found sometimes having conversations with people um who don't have that you know additional layer and trying to get them to understand and peel that back you know and say well look you know let, we can shift this we can do that what if we looked at it from this perspective so I can imagine if um I could just imagine that it, it must be really difficult if you know I, I suppose we've spent our lives because I was very late diagnosed as well, um, you know, thinking what the hell is wrong with me. And that's such a different thing. And then when you have that, and then you're maybe growing up thinking, right, well, I know something that's wrong with me, you know, 
and they're made to feel for most of their life that, you know, one of the things wrong with them is that they're black. And then they have this other stuff going on with them too. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of layers to have to work through, you know, um, how, like how, how do you even start to approach that? Again, it's, it starts with the mindset. Mm. We have to first understand that we're not alone. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only black person dealing with this. So I had to go and find other people like me. Yeah. Support groups, therapists, coaches, whatever it took. But I needed to find other people like me Mm -hmm. that I could talk to, have conversations with, share my experiences with, not just ADHD, but ADHD as a black woman. Mm-hmm. It's like to me now. It's like I'm a triple threat. I'm black. I'm a woman, and I have ADHD. That's three strikes. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like sometimes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to other women who feel like that. I want to talk to other women who are thinking about themselves like that, or who society has just dumped on them so much that that's all they can see about themselves. Yeah, because there's it, it's it's not true if you don't think it's true. It's only true if you think it, if you believe it, and take it in. So they so, got to start hearing that positive side. That's it, definitely, and there definitely has to be a, a switch in that mm-hmm. in that approach and in that yes. language. You know, so if somebody was listening to this right now, you know, a black mom out there with ADHD, um, she was kind of maybe she hasn't maybe she kind of thinks maybe something's going on. Maybe she knows she has HD or maybe she has an inclination, but isn't certain. Um, you know, what would, what would be something that you would say to her right now? If she was watching. I would first say, go get an assessment if you can. Mm-hmm. And I'll say that because not everybody can get an assessment. I know the assessment, all the assessments that I had done for my son, the insurance company did not cover it. I had to pay out of pocket and they are not cheap. Yeah. But if you can go get an excess assessment, if not, then do your research. You have to help yourself. No, no one is out there going to be out there trying to help you and save you. They're just not. It is what it is. You have to do your own research and learn all you can about ADHD. If that's what you suspect that it is, do your research. Mm-hmm. Read do books, audio books, YouTube videos, podcasts, blogs, Facebook groups, research anything and everything you can to find out about ADHD in Black communities. Yeah. Because the language and the lessons Mm -hmm. are different. They are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's an important, you know, an, an important point to make, you know, and it's not that you know, of course, like with Lady Rebel Club, you know, we have a great mix, you know, in diversity within us, which is fantastic. And of course, anyone, you know, is welcome into that. But I have to, I can't give that perspective because I haven't, I haven't, you know, lived in those shoes. Um, you know, I'm always very conscious of, of that fact, you know, and of even, you know, some, some of some people who might be in our community who are in other marginalized genders, you know, or non-binary, I haven't walked in those shoes. So I can't, you know, um, and across uh, diversity, you know, there's a lot of, a lot, uh, you know, a lot of people in other genders like that too. So I think we have to speak our truth from where we are, you know, and the shoes that we've walked. Um, But I think we also have to be 
able to say to other people, you know, like how we've reached out and connected, you know, that, Hey, look, I would love, you know, to learn more about this, or I would love to talk more about this, or I would love for you <laughs> even better to come and talk or to yes. do something because this is your area. This is your jam. These are, you know, educate each other. Yes, exactly. And I think that that, you know, and when we, when we do that too, it, it removes the stigma, you know, it removes the, um, you know, the awkwardness as well. And we can just have open conversations and ask questions and, you know, try to help each other be better, you know, better humans, but also better business leaders, because obviously, you know, a lot of us, um, not all of us, of course, but a lot of us run a business as well. You know, I think if you had to leave, I guess, give any final words of inspiration, um, what would they be? Say you matter. You are not alone. And you are not a faulty or failed version of normal. You are who God created you to be, even with that ADHD brain. But there's a lesson in there. There's a purpose for it. You just got to discover what that is and go and just run with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it's like chili bumps. <laughs> yeah, no, I so, I just so agree with that. And I could, I could just listen to you talk all day because I just think you're so articulate and so emotive um, and so real. Um, I think that that's really key as well as being real with yourself, being real with other people, being open to having conversations and not thinking that there's something wrong with you. You know, again, we're all, we're all different. You know, there's things I'm great at that you're not and vice versa just because you know we have a lot of similarities doesn't mean you know that we're um exactly alike um that's with every there's human different types of adhd people don't understand that yeah it's not one yeah. size fits all there's different yes. types and then i've talked to people who said well i have adhd and i took this medicine and it didn't work yeah, because you got to figure out which type mm-hmm. you have yeah a lot of people automatically think that you're bouncing off the walls as well and that's not necessarily yeah, because there's different types all. yeah it's not right. true it's not yeah so I think there's and and the more that we learn and the more people start to have conversations about neurodiversities it's really interesting all the layers you know and even if you look back like I know even when my son got his diagnosis and he was I mean that was probably about eight years ago he was just over four or just on, just about four I think he was yeah and um yeah and it, it was really interesting to see even some of the shift in terminology and language just in that eight years, you know, um, and how much things are kind of starting to shift. And, uh, and, you know, at least we're having some different conversations now than, you know, what we, than what we used to, which is. Even, you know, even the hyper piece, the ADHD, the hyper piece for the mm-hmm. H, a lot of people don't even understand what that looks like. It's not, mm-hmm. again, like you said, it's not always that kid that's bouncing off the walls mm-hmm. and can't stay in the seat. A lot of times it's up here. Yes. That brain yeah. is going, 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 and, and yeah. things are always coming in, and you're mm. always thinking of it. You cannot shut that down. Yeah. That's, That's why a lot of us have too. so much trouble sleeping as well, because it's yeah. just. You cannot shut your brain off. No, you can't. You no. can't stop it. I mean, it's just ongoing, nonstop, and everything is just coming in. You can start thinking about your day tomorrow and then all of a sudden you're thinking about the flowers that you want to plant and oh well while i'm doing the flowers hey yeah red is my favorite color let's do red flowers oh and while we're at it and it just goes it's just <laughs> no, before you know it no. 
Exactly. And I mean, I always sit here going, and I will, I will have to talk to myself out loud. Right? Oh, I'm, going, I'm, I'm going on to, you know, whatever. So say it's Facebook to make a post in the group. I'm going on, I'm making a post in this group. I'm making a post in this group. I'm making a post. And even saying it out loud to myself, <laughs> 20 mm-hmm. minutes later, I'm like, how the yeah, heck? Yeah. Where, where, how did I end up here? But for me, or, Facebook I, is the anything. worst because Facebook is very oh, distracting. It's even though very, that's where yeah. a lot of my yeah. posts and stuff are, it's distracting because while, like you said, I'm trying to put my post together, I'll see something else and go into that. <laughs> I'll see yeah. something in that and go into that. Yeah. Rabbit holes. Well, it's even like I know I'll get, you know, <laughs> I'll say, right. I've got to go put the laundry. I'm going to put the laundry on before I do this. And then while I'm doing that, I'll do this. And while I'm uh-huh. gathering yeah. the clothes to go in the kitchen, yeah. I'll go, oh, well, hold on. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. that and, do and I end up carrying like yeah. 10 different things across the house. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, none of them I'm get done. None of them get done. And then all of a sudden I go, hold on. Did I not start that yet? Three hours I later. Yeah. <laughs> I have a good example for that at work because a lot of people are doing that at home, struggling mm-hmm. at work. You can do it too. And they don't realize they're yeah. doing it. Yeah. My biggest thing was my coffee cup. People are like, <laughs> well, how do you forget the coffee cup? I would forget my coffee cup every morning. I put, I do like you. I put it in the microwave. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a minute. I can go and do this and that. And while I'm going to do that, I get distracted and do something else. And before you know it, I'm back at my desk. There. Got- oh, there's an email came in. I need to answer. I've got them I forget about the coffee cup. And the thing is just dinging. And I know people yeah. like, if she doesn't get that damn. <laughs> <laughs> same things. One more time. And she doesn't, she doesn't answer that microwave and turn it off. Yes. Spirit, but my, mm-hmm. I'm so hyper-focused on now I got to get this email out. That has mm-hmm. become urgent for me. Yeah. yeah. And that's how our brains work. It's what's urgent for us what's important to us, what's exciting, new, mm. what we like, our brains have to stay highly stimulated. And if it's not, yeah. we're going to look for it. Our brains look for that. Yes, definitely. Email to priority and that microwave is still going off. Yeah. The, woman, the woman just stopped coming to tell me she would just bring me the coffee. Yes. <laughs> bring my cup. Okay. I think this is your, I believe this is your cup. <laughs> I'm sorry. Again, I'm sorry. Oh, it's oh, almost I know. every morning, almost every morning. I would, so forget. I would try to make myself stand there and wait, but that was like, it's so hard, it's hard to explain so that. Hard. that is so hard to just stand there. I can't even, and even when I am exhausted and it's funny because my husband will say to me, like, it's very, very rare that even when I'm really, you know, not feeling well and it'll, my pain flare up or whatever, that I sit on the sofa and do like nothing right like it doesn't happen very often so he knows when that's yeah. happening mm-hmm. i'm really like you know there's i'm really not well um it was like but i'm at night going time. watching the tv got my laptop on my phone mm-hmm. got my notebook got yeah. this and i'm yeah. i cannot yeah. sit st- and even yeah. my son says to me mommy will you sit down i can't even concentrate because all you're doing is walk and i said i can't i just yeah. physically can't yeah. sit down I had a hard time. I would get in trouble a lot at work because I could not stay at my desk. It was like torture for me to sit at my desk. But I discovered as I did my research, we were working in an open office environment with cubicles, mm-hmm. you know, no doors. No, mm-hmm. My cubicle was in the middle of the floor. 
It's very hard. A, a, a open floor environment is probably one of the worst places for an ADHD person to work. But mm -hmm. especially if you're in the middle of the floor and there's no window. Yeah. There is no outlet for you to, to just, there is no, it's just constant boom, boom. Because mm -hmm. in a cubicle environment, you are constantly bombarded with other noises. There's no way to shut yeah. that out unless you have a door to close or you get your headphones. So I would get my headphones mm -hmm. and put them on. Well, that's, that's it. And there is like, I know even in- Develop strategies to- We have to definitely, you know, and I know it's like even here, you know, at, at my in my office in the house here, you know, I- and my brain always fights because we we've got the autistic side and then we've got the ADHD side and sometimes they don't get along so well, you know, and I will end up having piles of papers and then I have to go, cause I can't work where there's tons of mess either. You know, I can't stand the clutter, but gradually everything, the clutter on my desk and stuff comes back because I start making now they're neat piles most of the time. Cause I'm like, Oh, that looks tidy. Yes. But there's still, piles where I start Punches, this and then yeah. I'll, yeah and I've had to work really hard to learn you know to to, to um how to focus and how to do different things so I don't I don't content switch as much as what I used to by any means but I still do it and in fact my bedroom is like that my bedroom is like that and you know family would come and judge yeah. <laughs> you don't need to be in there stay out my family yeah. don't like it stay out exactly exactly I know. And it, it is, it's funny how we, or you start this project and then, and like you said, even at work, be working on a graphic for this and then I'll go, oh, I have to do that. Mm -hmm. We have like 50 tabs on the internet open. Yep. <laughs> bouncing in and out. Yeah. Yep. So context switching in with a lot of us who are neurodivergent is massive. Um, and that's, there's definitely so much in, like you said, in all of that kind of executive um, function with, with so many of us are things that, you know, that we need to work on. And, and again, it's not saying that just because there may be things in the home that doesn't, you know, doesn't present as well or vice versa, you know, there oh, may be things in the workplace. It's consistently yeah. Yeah. going yeah. on. Yeah, that's it. It's consistently going on. And then again, it doesn't always mean you have ADHD. It could just mm -hmm. be a dysfunction in your executive skills because that's yeah. what people are seeing. Mm-hmm. Your yeah. dysfunction in planning, organizing, uh, time management, prioritizing. Mm -hmm. That's what they're seeing. Yeah. So you have to really, like you said, do your research and figure out what's going on underneath the hood yeah. here because you it isn't have, just all that presents. Right. Because yeah. executive dysfunction is a thing by itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. But if you have already been diagnosed with ADHD, you definitely have executive dysfunction. They go hand in hand. Yeah. But again, it could just be executive dysfunction, but you mm -hmm. need to get a comprehensive evaluation to know what you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, definitely. What you're dealing with first. Can't and there are a lot of good forms and things that you can find now, um, mm -hmm. like self-evaluation forms and mm -hmm. checklists. Because I know even over here, uh, and I'm based in, in Belfast, Northern Ireland, it's, you know, we have a, like a social um, health service, the National Health Service. Um, in theory, you can go to, to your GP and get a referral, um, you know, on the health service uh, and whatnot, like we did with my son. But see, for adults, now, especially in Northern Ireland, our 
our list for things to get in to see specialists or you know consultants or anything like this. It's about four years to get in for a referral to for a diagnostic. And you know, I got, I got a referral like that with my health insurance. They were pretty good. But yeah, most, the wait list is so long here. It's dreadful. But would you call the doctor? Oh yeah, we don't take that insurance. Yeah. Yeah. So I think no matter where you are, there's you're having to do all this calling to find somebody to take your insurance. By the time you do that, like, okay, you never mind. It's it's gonna be months before they can see me. Yeah, never mind. No, we need a diagnosis now. Yeah. We need something in his records now. Yeah. So I would always end up paying. Mm-hmm. And the last one I did with him was right at the, it was after um, my dad passed away unexpectedly. That same year, actually like a month or two later, I went and had another evaluation done for my son to get it updated because the school needs to keep it updated if mm-hmm. the records and make it official. Yeah. I paid for him to go mm-hmm. to Johns Hopkins. At the end of his 10th grade year, that is when I first heard the term executive function skill. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, what is that? They were like, yeah, we're seeing some ADHD, but it's more now the executive dysfunction. Like, what is that? What are you talking about? He doesn't have that. Hmm, We've never wow. been, no. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, that, and that's another great point as well, is that anyone who had, and it's kind of like when you have, not that necessarily a neuro, having a neurodiversity itself is a disability per se, right? But mm-hmm. How it how it affects us and and how we engage with our with our environment. You know, it right. definitely can cause us yeah, additional hurdles. Um, but it evolves as we change, as our environment changes. You know, and and age. Yeah, and menopause even with us, even with major women. Effect. Yeah, men, mm. menopause has a major effect. Yeah. Yeah, and us as women, because of the estrogen, has a major. Effect. Yeah. Well, I noticed a huge jump. Um, and a lot of my uh, executive dysfunction and stuff because uh, about, well, it was about two years ago when I first had my first cancer treatment and it put me in early menopause. And that's, I definitely, yeah. So I was getting all the hot flashes and all that. I could notice, you know, yeah, the, like the, the brain fog and, you know, the, the lack of being able to find the words and just different things, you know, that goes all along with that was even more and I had to really kind of say to myself right I've got to work even harder here to get that clarity and get that focus and and whatnot and I'm gonna to have to adjust a few things because I'm not as as sharp you know as what I normally would be um so it's gotten a little bit better it has gotten a little bit better um but yeah there and there's so many things like diet like I know too and I don't know if it's like that over there but um, now I'm gluten-free anyway but I know I've read a lot of stuff around, you know, gluten and obviously processed foods and all this kind of stuff as well that yeah, sometimes they say can have. Yeah. And I know like with my son, even with him, you know, I notice he'll eat something. Yeah. Yeah. I think we see it easier in kids, but with us as well, with mm-hmm. us as well, like I eat something and I'm like, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Like did somebody just give her a bag of sugar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it's weird because certain things that non-ADHD people can take to calm them down doesn't calm us down. No. Like, for instance, NyQuil. Mm. A non-ADHD person can take NyQuil and it'll knock them out. Yeah. I take that, it doesn't do a thing. doesn't mm-hmm. do a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I know when um, I had actually asked my pain consultant, 
that does all my medications and stuff. I had asked about having, I said, even if it's just for a week, I said, I need to sleep in tablets. I'm not, I don't sleep at the best of times. And then I had the treatment and I had this and I said, things have just, you know, I just need something to see if it'll help reset my cycle a bit. Um, and they were very leery of giving me something. I ended up just giving them melatonin, which did nothing. I'm like, I can get that yeah. at the counter. <laughs> what, milligram, what milligrams melatonin did you take? Do you know what? I'm not even sure. I would have to look and see. I don't think it was. I very... tried like two, three milligrams. That didn't do anything. When I got a 10 milligram, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that helped. Did it help? Yeah. yeah. 10 milligrams and higher help, but it's hard to find that higher dose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I also figured out that, um, Mountain Dew works. Really? I, oh, my dad hit the ceiling when I gave my son. Wow. When he was young, it has the reverse effect. Wow. I've never brain, heard that. Know? My dad was like, Chuck, is you that to stay awake and was Are you kidding? You got it. It worked. Oh, my goodness. It helped to really calm him down and help him to focus when he was younger. He still wow. does it now, even though he's older, because he doesn't want to take the medicine anymore. So I was like, yeah. okay, Mountain Dew, but you have to be careful how much you give him. Mm. It'll be like eight ounces. That, bal- that balance. And they're on their age, yeah. If you give them too much, then yeah, they're going to be bouncing off the ceiling mm. for like the next three days. <laughs> yeah. And then really it goes out of the system when they void. It, it goes out of the system, so you have to give them more if if they need it. Huh. Know, but I really gave it to him like when he needed to focus outside of school. School, yes. he had medicine that he would take, and that would carry mm. him through the day. But like he had Kung Fu after school. Yeah. They were calling me like, okay, I was like, he's just, okay, well, what, what do we need to get? Do you have another pill that you can bring up? You know, like, no, <laughs> pill. Yeah. Just give him some Mountain Dew. And they said, they said, Mountain Dew. Yeah, wow. I said, give him some Mountain Dew. And they gave it to him and called me back. Okay, yeah, we're going to stack up on the Mountain Dew. <laughs> we're stuck in the fridge. You don't have to bring any more. <laughs> That's so funny. And that just, <coughs> excuse me, that just goes to show you, um, you know, how much we needed to try different things and, you know, research, but also try things research, because what yeah. works for one person might not work not right. for somebody else. Yeah. And that's, and that's a, oh, that's such a good example of that. That's fantastic. But I am going to try that now. I am going to have to try that. I found out that it doesn't work for everybody when mm-hmm. I tried his medication because I, I don't want to do the medication. I'd rather go the natural route. But yeah. there are some days at work when I just really need to be focused and concentrate because there was so much going on. There was important cases and da da da. So I took his pill one day. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I scared myself that they had oh me so goodness. hyper and just wow. Was oh, this what being high feels like? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, I don't like this feeling. I was like, yeah, yeah. I don't like this feeling at all. I was, just, I was like, but he doesn't act like this. And wow. so I talked to him when I got home. He's like, no, it really helps me to be calm and focused and I can get work done. And it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so strange. Yeah, it's definitely. Mm-hmm. No, I don't take any, like, I don't take, uh, I know donkeys ago right. when I had my um, <laughs> anxiety, originals, anxiety sort of um, diagnosis. Um, in my like twenties, 
And this is going back away when they had Ativan and they were giving me Ativan. Mm. Of course, they're not going to give anybody Ativan now. Um, And I came off it then and I said, and I, and it, I'll tell you what, it was, that was hell. And it was hell for years, really trying to realize, trying to learn how to deal with it, you know? And I thought to myself, this is clearly never going away, you know, but so I have to learn how to live with it. Um, Mm. And yeah, so I take the same approach really with, you know, like I take medications and stuff for medical stuff um, that I need to take. Um, anxiety but. is also a symptom of ADHD. A lot yeah. of people don't get yeah. that and they get yeah. misdiagnosed as having anxiety mm-hmm. when it's actually ADHD yeah. and anxiety is part of the symptom of that. Yeah, it's hugely so again, prevalent. Yeah, get a diagnosis, no many of us. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it could be a vision issue, not, not 2020 mm-hmm. vision. My son had vision processing disorder hmm. a lot of those symptoms overlap ADHD wow I don't know what you're dealing with that auditory there's an auditory oh, thing yeah. also yeah where those symptoms overlap ADHD you've got to know what you're dealing with yeah and, and it's and it's not going to be a quick thing either right yeah. it's, not. it's yeah. not but you got to know all your symptoms too because if mm-hmm. you just go tell a doctor yeah I'm depressed I'm sad mm-hmm. I can't get stuff done I have a toddler running around I'm a new wife or whatever he's going to say oh yeah you're just stressed because yeah. stress i know you no know, yeah it's yeah. way more than that mm-hmm. definitely gotta do your research gotta know what you're dealing with gotta know 100%. the brain that you have just like you mm-hmm. know your body yeah it's like you know that if you eat too much sugar it's going to make you hyper if you eat this it's going to blow you up it's going to and if you do this or eat that, you know, just like you know your body like that, yeah. you've got to learn that ADHD brain like that. Exactly. And that's, and that's a great point. Well, let me ask you this. <clears throat> if I had to ask you one word that you could leave us with that would kind of sum up, whether it's yourself, whether it's the work that you're doing and with the business, what do you think that would be? It took me a while to really think about that word. I thought about tenacious. I was like, yeah, we're tenacious. Mm -hmm. I thought about resilience. I was like, yeah, we're definitely resilient. But the word that I like the best is indomitable. Oh, good word. Those who don't know, indomitable means unstoppable. Good find that something that can't be beaten, incapable of being subdued, calm, or vanquished. That's twice now, twice in this yeah. podcast, you've given me jelly bombs. Yes, that's a great word. Oh, I love that. Fantastic. I think we're going to have, I'm going to have to end the conversation there because that's just like, that's just a mic drop, right? <laughs> I'm not going to be able to top that. <laughs> there we go. Well, listen, thanks very much. I really appreciate you being here. Thanks and so um, I'm going to get all kinds of links, social links, web links, workshop links, and all kinds of, of bits of information and so put yeah, them in the podcast. My workshop notes. is next week. My workshop is oh, a week. Wow. A week from yesterday. Next week. Thursday. Next Thursday. Okay. So Thursday. and even if you can't make that one, there's going to be lots of great stuff coming up. I know mm-hmm. that you're working on. So definitely um, make sure that you check all that out. Um, thanks very much again, anyone who's been listening or watching. Okay. So much for this opportunity. Yes. It's been lovely. All right. All the best. Bye. Bye.